you guys are late. Where is everyone? I start with precision time. Do you know that I, when I'm looking at a web page, can see pixel distances? I know it sounds crazy because like who can see pixels? They're too tiny to even see. And I have spent <laughs> the last two weeks with Wix, which I don't know whether that's a good or bad platform. Of course, when I start Googling for help, for help on all of the different little modules and stuff that I'm trying to use, people start saying Wix is not, I don't know whether I'm using the best tools or not. All I know is if it's a little, if it's a half of a hairbreadth out of line, I get queasy. I don't, does this, does this mean I'm a designer now? That would be cool. I, I mean, I started this because, oh, as we told you last week, we we're doing a Kickstarter <laughs> and I had this fantasy that I would do a little ad with some, you know, nice graphics on it with one of our amazing pictures that Zay Nuno Fraga has drawn for us for our illustrations. And two weeks later, I'm still redesigning the website. So we're going to take you behind the scenes tonight and show you what I've done. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. here wait she's here oh my gosh oh my gosh you guys i know you all would have shown up on time if you knew the kilts was going to be here because i know me talking about our website what 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 we're going to do there but you can rest assured now the nebus didn't get her no the nebus is not not defeated me yet <laughs> did you the nebus is this terrible terrible draconic monster that only kilts has ever seen and it, it and it, it scooped her away yesterday and it, and i thought i was gonna have to do this on my own but how did you yeah. escape um grammar uh, grammar yeah <laughs> grammatical jujitsu <laughs> you escape from the draconibus with grammar this I this <laughs> this ladies and gentlemen is how important grammar is if if you don't have grammar you end up finding new monsters out there in the margins <laughs> i i think this explains everything that's going on in medieval manuscripts right that they're they're copying along we were looking at a bestiary tonight in our tea time as as we're writing yes. act two we promise you that 
in asking you to support us to publish Act One, we are carrying on. We're we're already you know we've already written one stanza, and then we realized we had to like re re research everything to situate ourselves in the new and the new um, setting. And we were looking at a bestiary and looking at the dragon fighting the elephant and the the heading for it properly in the manuscript, which Kilts very carefully read, was Dra- De Draconibus. De Draconibus. <laughs> you can tell my Latin's really good, huh? <laughs> I, I, no, I was I... actually impressed that you could read the script. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't see the hyphen, so I thought it was two completely different words. I'm like, what's a Draco? What's a Draco Nebus? She's been laughing at me for the last couple of hours. <laughs> I have not had so much fun with Latin in decades. I promise you, the the the, 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 the discovery of a new beastie in the bestiary <laughs> entwined with the dragon right with there but for grammar i would have seen the nebus as well but alas <laughs> i knew it was a it was a, a you know an ablative plural <laughs> so i don't know what that see, means it's a, yet another I monster <laughs> i do now know that nebus is not a latin word <laughs> it should be and now it should I, be well i it we're putting it in the lexicon for sure uh, I now understand why everybody gets tripped up by strange translational errors in um, the scriptures, you know, when they say, oh, but this yes, says this yes. here, and then it said this later. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just because of weirdos like me that didn't see the hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and the thing is, I am certain that I found this just beyond, I mean, I la- I laugh for five minutes, I think is that I have, as I said in my opening, spent the last two weeks, at least the last two weeks, I don't know, it seems like longer, but I think it really is only two weeks, reformatting everything on our website to make it look very beautiful and clean and stuff because I started reading these books on design simply, as I said, to make a poster in effect, right? To send out with an email to say, please support our Kickstarter and, and so forth. And, you know, by the end of the reading the InDesign book, realized I needed to redesign our entire front, you know, front-facing platform and you therefore you know i i think i've actually given myself a a great treat and and favor in my future scholarship because one of the things i want to work on is how medieval christians read the gospels and you know among other things that includes doing things like layouts of all the parallel passages in these arches and such and these monks were huge on design including including inventing the typeface that becomes Times New Roman (laughs) um, so that we can read the newspaper, right? And definitely, I mean, you you cannot write one of those manuscripts. The manuscript we're looking at where we discovered the Nebus is um, called the Aberdeen Bestiary, and it's absolutely beautiful. The the illuminations are exquisite. They're gold. They're everything. It's like we would now, you know, it's like if if I've just spent two weeks trying to make Wix line everything up for me, consider what you had to do to lay it out on parchment, (laughs) handwrite it, and not go out of your lines, right? It, <laughs> it should it should it should also, create a whole new level of awe that we have these these manuscript books yeah yeah it does um basic alignment being fundamental to 
getting any meaning out of the text. <laughs> right. It's really underrated. <laughs> now you will never forget really that, underrated. right? Because the reason they broke the word never. was so that they'd stay in alignment on the page. <laughs> and there is a little hyphen mm -hmm. there. So they are figuring out punctuation. If you, you know, those of you who do not believe in punctuation, get a grip, right? Because without alignment and punctuation, you don't know how to read the word. And the, the, the great... Um, mm -hmm innovation of the eighth and ninth centuries in the monasteries was oh separate the words so you can tell the difference between one word and the next because i mean is draconibus one word or two how do you know well if there's no space between <laughs> the day and draconibus and then whatever word it was after that you won't you have to you, i mean you're ancient Romans reading script, they did everything in all capitals. They ran all the words together. There was no space between words. You had to read out loud mm -hmm. to know what you were seeing. So one of the great innovations of the Middle Ages is silent reading. So you can tell the difference between the words without having to say them out loud. And then, oh, right, that's a, two words there. Yeah. Um, uh, I th it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, too, because we're dealing with the written versus the oral tradition mm -hmm. with the mosaic arc and talking a lot about how language is formed in the two different contexts and how the medium itself is going to create the meaning. <laughs> so we don't have any experience with Latin whatsoever in the antipodes, really. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the education here has been divorced from Latin and well, the Greco-Roman Greco origins of the of all of our civilization have been taken out. So unless you're spending time specifically and deliberately to get it, you end up approaching it uh, in this fantastic amateur way. But then we would sort of go out on side quests constantly because we don't understand what they've actually what they're actually saying. Um, so it's just a it, it was a it was a funny moment of uh kind of having an oral tradition moment but in printed form <laughs> right. you know if you could if if i had done that and then gone to teach somebody else it would have just been a completely new school of interpretation of that manuscript <laughs> well and, and, and that's i mean they say that's what happens in you know with medieval latin that you know the scribes don't know what they're writing for the most part they do tend to know what they're writing mm. because they are training to be literate, they need Latin, so they have to learn Latin in order to write anything because they don't have they don't have written versions of, well, anything other than Old English, but <laughs> in the early in the early mm -hmm. centuries, and so yeah, the, and and even even you know it's like they know how to spell Latin because it's at least got a literate form, a written form, whereas they don't necessarily know how to spell the vernacular, so it takes a long time to be able to write them down at all, um, and. I, this is one of the reasons that we have that beautiful Carolingian script, which becomes our newspaper script over the centuries, right? Because the humanists pick it up and it's the lowercase, you know, uppercase and lowercase, the minuscule and, and so forth. And that when the type, the typefaces are designed in the, in the modern period to be readable, they go back to these humanist scripts, which are modeling themselves on these Carolingian scripts. And the, um, the, the the Carolingian scribes are going for absolute legibility. They're going for clarity and legibility mm. because otherwise, yeah, you're going to end up with not, you won't know when the words break, you won't know what you're saying, you won't know how to, they also do things like invent accent marks so that readers who are reading them out loud know where to put the stress. 
because you know mm. otherwise it would again the oral would not make any sense and a lot of their a lot of their manuscripts are in fact marked for oral reading but they have to be marked for oral reading so you don't make those kinds of mistakes interesting so i'm th i'm thinking now with the with the way that the majority of people are communicating which is in digital text format we, we we're losing all of this in terms of all right maybe not the fonts so much but any kind of uh, rule around alignment or even how we're using the fonts, the punctuation has gone. Um, people are mixing it with emojis. So it, yeah, it's just sort of like, there's no, uh, there's no tradition that we're sticking to in the internet that would allow everybody to clearly read each other. That makes makes it interesting on how if everyone is adapting to this <laughs> environment in the using English, right. there's going to be a lot of Nebuses running. There's around. lots of Nebuses. Well, even like a, a decade ago, <laughs> I think it was a decade ago, I read a book on um, the way texting was creating abbreviations and so forth. And and that's mm -hmm. that's another feature of medieval Latin, famously, that it's it's written with lots of not only just hyphens to say where the word break is, but um, you, you, if you did not know the hyphens, would even miss whole syllables because sometimes, like particularly um, ending syllables like um, there'll be an M and then just a line over it, and you'll know that that's M U M, mum, right? So that that you have the rest of the word, and the at the ampersand that we have as a as a you know symbol is it was you know designed as a, an abbreviation for and at. And you just write that in the manuscript. So texting, I mean, it's it's interesting mm -hmm. the fluidity of text and the emojis and the and the abbreviations and all of that. That's actually, I mean, McLuhan was right even before the internet was around, saying in this digital age we're entering into a sort of manuscript like situation where, well, okay. So the thing that's driving me nuts with setting the website up is you you put the text in you it, it's it's in a kind of typographical um, archaism to like set everything in nice boxes and you want them all to align and such like that. But hopefully the program can translate that into, oh, it's on your desktop. Oh, it's on your mobile phone. Oh, it's, you know, your, your, your mm -hmm. iPad vertical. Oh, it's your iPad, you know, horizontal. And, you know, some of my headache is I'll get it all beautifully laid out on the desktop format. And the mobile one will be completely chaotic and have, you know, realigned everything and moved elements around and I, you know, have to start over effectively in the second setting. Um, and that kind of fluidity of layout, I mean, what it's like a typesetter's nightmare, right? Because how do you, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you make sure that things are aligned the way you want them to be meaningful when all you have to do is rotate your iPad and it all changes? <laughs> I'm so gone. I've gone nuts by now. Beginning to understand what's wrong with the culture at the moment. <laughs> it can't. It won't stay At, stable. And then, and I'm not even. I know a I'm not leaving it. To, I I would go completely mad. I'm truly not a web designer. I'm just trying to be look good, right? By testing it across different browsers or something like that. I mean, oh my goodness. Hopefully, the platform I'm using you know, it's little apps and, and systems and such are capable, are capable of dealing with that. But I don't know. We're going to have to find out. 
<laughs> no, I don't want to find out. I got it all nicely formatted on my iPad and app, my Apple. You did, and you it, did. It looked did. beautiful. And then I went and looked at my phone and it all rearranged itself. And then I was like, no, there's an extra space. She's been, she's been doing some kind of magic in the background that is too powerful we don't really understand what's going on we're just getting constant updates about the wix page <laughs> i'm like look and they and all we go, go back oh every... it's beautiful and i'm like yeah it better be <laughs> every two hours something else happens to this website <laughs> you i truly i mean i and complain but you really have no idea what so bugbear good evening thank you for the super chat thank you welcome you know, silent Draco. If I hear presentation once more, I may bite. Present, pre yes, exactly. So, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the point of the problem of English pronunciation with no match whatsoever with the spelling, <laughs> which you know, in our in our poetry training, we're obviously also the number of debates we've had over how many syllables fire has. If if fire. if you're in the south, it has five. <laughs> I was, I was just reading to, one of Tony Eastland's book of poetry, and he says it has one, right? So is it one, two, three? I don't know. Fire, fi, fire, fire, fire. Really, in the South, you can make it have five, and I'm not sure even I can achieve that. Fire. fire. It sounds to me That's like it has two. Fire. How can you say it with only one? Fire. Like, it has to be pot. Very posh. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> well he's italian i mean Eastland, he's, he did all that dante translating because he knows italian right so is, is it it's english with italian yes possibly we we far, add we're far, adding syllables constantly far far yeah <laughs> silent draco is not very silent right now fire far far Yes, it's, and, it's, and he says not far. just spelling, but arbitrary changes to syllable stress. Yes, and the thing is, in our work mm -hmm. in the poem, I mean that one when you know learning the meter, the, the first thing we had to really drill out of ourselves was arbitrarily changing the stress to make it like <laughs> sh you know sh crunch it into the meter, right? It's like it's gonna we're yeah. gonna well we can say it that way, right? It's like no. <laughs> <laughs> No, we can't. You cannot. And, and the number of times I, you know, we've had, it's like, so we've been working on this kind of thing for three years now together, right? And we've got this core mm -hmm. team of our four, the four dragons. We had another one, but he's gone off and is doing something else right now. We hope he comes back again. If you're watching, please return. Um, that <laughs> that it, it made, the, the kind of discipline that it's taken us to humble ourselves to stress, to you know pronunciation to actual number of syllables to regional dialects to vocabulary um you know and and now getting to this point where we want to publish the book and figure out how to lay it out beautifully so that it goes with the pictures and and everything and you realize that art is this constant constraint for the sake of beauty which mm -hmm. hopefully then flows so that you don't even notice that it's there Right. How much, how much have you noticed? Okay. So can we show, maybe I want to show off the website. Are we, can, have we talked long enough so that I can stop pretending that this episode is entirely about me showing off how much work I've done? <laughs> Here, let's go to the website. Here we are. Here yes. we are. Oh, there it is. Isn't it beautiful? It's on the, it's on the homepage. You're not looking at your phone yet. Um, 
No, I'm not sure. Yeah, you probably should so that you know what I'm showing them. Although I'm showing them on the desktop version, so it, you know, may or may not look the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tell me all of the beautiful things you can see. Let's see what you it can looks like see on the now. Mobile, yeah. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> dun, dun, and then dun. realizing that they no the horror of this for me is i i'll work at my desk i'll get it all laid out it's all be beautiful everything will be nicely aligned and then i'll take a break and go down in the garden and hang out with the dog and i'll have to look on my phone and then i see nothing but you know spaces out of line and this and that and then i'm like no i was gonna have a nice little moment with my tea and my dog and now i'm gotta go fix that i can't see any nevises yet right. So no that's a good nevuses. sign. There's no, there are no nevuses. I can see the hyphens and it's clear. Well, that would, that's, it's that, fantastic. Yes, that, and I've actually learned in my design book, there's different levels of hyphen, right? There's M dash, N dash, and hyphen. And the hyphen should be that between sub and creative, <laughs> as opposed to an N dash, which is, use it for something different with an M dash. Okay. All, I mean, I've kind of known about these things because I've had to proofread in my own books, but Bless you, designers at Columbia University Press. You have done magnificently, exquisitely beautiful work on my books. And I did appreciate it, but now I really appreciate it. I'm down to, are you ready to fly into the rainbow with the pigeons and rave? So the first, the landing page is magnificent on the phone. It looks really good. And we have... An incredible menu down the bottom because there are all of these new pages that you've put in <laughs> since you went into the design portal of hell. Um, <laughs> well, okay, she's actually scrolled down. All Should I'm showing them? them right now is is the opening sigil, right? So if 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 you oh. could go back up to the top and tell them tell them tell them the beauty that you <clears> see <throat> simply in the banner, which hand drawn bear redrew for us because now we're not we're not we're no longer our old name. We are now expanded in our in our media mm. yeah yeah we've gone multimedia now <laughs> like uh just just to give you more headaches really um <laughs> well happily hand-drawn bear did the banner for me so i didn't have to do that oh she did she did a cute a cute little dragon on the uh on the stack of books but we're no longer just um doing books so Dragon Common Room now is poetry, live streams, and art. Um, because all of the drakes have started to, I don't know what we what we'd call it. We're wandering around. We're playing with different mediums. We're trying to uh, incorporate different mediums uh, into our sub creation, which. Uh, is a reference to Rachel's work on unauthorized and uh, what she's been talking about in regards to Tolkien and explaining the incarnational reality of mankind's uh, being made in the image of a creator and therefore being a creator ourselves. So we want to sub-create within God's creation. And the idea is that we are not limiting ourselves to one medium. We want to do a McLuhan, <laughs> play with them all, because uh, every medium is going to change. The uh, the message is going to change. The it, it, it's a different frame for what we're trying to uh, express 
And then this beautiful sigil, which I really want on a t-shirt, actually. It's so metal. <laughs> it looks like a heavy metal, heavy metal album cover um, from a French band that I like, but it's not. It's the sigil well, we're, we're for gonna our... We're not going to tell them that yet. We have, we have a... Oh, I can't tell no, them? No, but I mean, it's, <gasps> okay, it's the sigil, right? Them. But, but the, the, it, it, should, it should suggest, you know, sort of, <laughs> as you've already said, the, the dynamic process that we are inviting people to engage in. And um, mm. I think I think you and I, um, that somehow you and I were talking about, now I don't remember where the phrase came from now, but we have a tagline, right? Sub-creative archaism for the electric mosaic or dun, mm. dun, dun, making the old new. <laughs> and that that I, I I I do remember I was talking to you, but I don't remember quite how it came to me, but just saying this is this is our project. We are taking the mm -hmm. archaic and transforming it so that it participates in this electric mosaic, which needs to be both the electric mm -hmm. of the 19th and 20th centuries, the modern, but the mosaic is this our internet digital um, incorporation of the electric so that all of it is transformative and fundamentally it's simply making the old new which in my head was also about the way we are as christians which is the the new testament makes the old new it's it's the transformation of um, the mysteries into the the new covenant so as christians participating in this this process as you said old jerusalem new jerusalem right yeah yeah and also that the church renews the nations, renews the nations and it renews empires also, like uh, like it did uh, when Rome fell. And then the Christian world uh, blooms from all of the, <laughs> yeah. the chaos and madness of a, of a fallen Rome. So, yeah, we're, we're recycling. It's a kind of alchemical recycling process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> um, but we should not be li limited to different mediums. And the, I think that this is my favorite thing about uh, Dragon Common Room is that when people are asking me, oh, what, do, what, what are you doing at the moment? It's very difficult to explain it because there is no short way of describing this project um just in having the website connecting your work to artistic production i think is quite shocking to a lot of people mm -hmm. because they're not they're not even thinking that this is possible i mean the link between academia and art has not been made for so long in a kind of normal christian not in a christian way it is context. it's made it's made in other contexts in in the sense that say gallery artists yes. are tied into a particular critical network and academia yes. academia actually participates in that a lot <clears throat> right but it's not not in the not christian in the christian not in the christian, yeah, realm. Not in the christian realm yeah so we're uh we're doing it and uh it's very exciting <laughs> but it's very <laughs> it's difficult to describe uh well it is it when, is difficult to describe we're not a, really a gallery as such I, well i i needed so i would say i we're just in advertising mode because we do need you know to to let people know what yes. we're working on and another thing that we're doing oh so okay so i'd say i added to the home page an events page which i will go to now 
Um, and this is going to be a page where I put, um, well, right now it's me, but <laughs> I mean, kilts, kilts, ha uh, there's a page to show where kilts has shown up on, on the internet too. And, um, uh, Mel does, you know, her videos as well. So we have, and we're, we're multiply out there and there are links to all of this too. But right now these events are, are some of mine and the one showing now is, uh, uh, event that Patrick Coffin is doing in on his website uh, about hope is fuel Catholic on purpose. Mm. And now I forgot why I was telling you that, um, out there. Oh, right. The Patrick it, at the end of his videos, he, um, you know, says he, he, these are all pre-recorded, And so I've done mine with his, with him already. And I did really well because he's a really great interviewer. <laughs> so watch yeah. them, right. You have to subscribe and, and, and participate, but there's like 40 plus people participating. It includes some of our people like, Oh, Milo has done a video. Um, and E. Michael Jones is there. He and Patrick are good friends. Um, there's a lot of other people who you might or may not know. Patrick is really well connected, has lots and lots of different threads and conversation out there in the Catholic world. But he has a catchphrase. That was what I was getting to. It's like, be a saint. What else is there? And I realized, or, you know, mm -hmm. Owen has a catchphrase. I'm not sure Vox has a catchphrase. We needed a catchphrase, right? And I'm not making the old new. That's still not quite the catchphrase we're working at, but we're like getting closer to being able to frame for people what it is we've been up to because otherwise it's like well what do you do well we write poetry <laughs> you know <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's 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 we do need some way to tell people how we are crafting our work but it is in all the arts as you say it's like sub creation through yes. music which we had to like outsource because we not well actually no i was thinking of the heart music but your music is on our our website too so you know, we have music, we have the poetry, we have drawings, we have videos. Um, you know, one day we'll put on a play, who knows? So, so that that we are, in my mind, it's always been working towards all of the arts that go into the liturgy, which is all of them, mm. right? <laughs> Metalworking and, and, and singing and, you know, uh, architecture. It's like all of the arts focused on praise of God. And that we're trying mm. to participate in that renewal of of the world through art, but we we still haven't like have I framed that yet correctly in a catchphrase? No, no we haven't. We, we're, we're, we're getting, getting there. there. We're, we're getting, getting closer. There. We're getting yeah. closer and closer. Okay, so I, you can you can um, subscribe to the the hope. Well, you have to sign up for the hope is fuel. I'm also going to be at BasedCon again, um, and some of you know BasedCon. Um, especially in Social Galactic, because Hans um, Schantz, Etherzar, first invited me there, and I keep going back because they're great guys there that do wonderful little stories and books. And um, we're going to be at BaseCon again. It's it's a lovely sort of house party um, workshop for artists. And a lot of the things that I've learned in putting together the website and the Kickstarter and our designing and book publishing, I learned from these guys at BaseCon. So... Shout out mm. to the BaseCon guys because they're they're both craftsmen and crafts craftsmen and women, and storytellers. It's been really good. The, I think this is where, where it's really important because the, like uh, in terms of what people have been doing for a long time. I mean, I'm I'm speaking from the Australian experience too, but the, 
the idea of science and art have been divorced from each other. So people are learning things in theory and not developing craftsmanship on the side of it. Um, going back into that kind of uh, quadrivium way of explaining, okay, you've got arithmetic and then you translate that into music. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, uh, we've got geometry and then it's translated into art, uh, visual arts and other things. So we really want to have this um, cultural resurrection for the development of knowledge that isn't purely theoretical, but also that the craftsmen that are making things that we use, the tools and machines and instruments of our civilization are properly rooted in ancient Christian thinking. Um, because the machines are making us, we're making the machines, and there's this kind of feedback loop that we're, you know, we're um, engaged in with the the products of our own hands. So we are involving ourselves in that circuit somehow. Um, and uh, making sure that the science and the art are not separate anymore. And also making sure that uh, art doesn't just devolve into uh, advertising, which it, it has. Right. Yeah. yeah, there are two things that the so, arts devolved into simply advertising and that it's lost mm. its connection with the structures and design. Mm. And I'm glad you brought it's like the geometry that's I, I whatever our sigil is, which we have, you know, sort of behind the scenes to show you. It it is it it's evoking that sense of ordered beauty, right? It's the it's the, mm. the cosmos, it's literally the cosmos. It actually is literally the cosmos. It's a planetarium image, <laughs> um, but it it's it's that that you know the get to astronomy, which is the height of mathematics, and then it's you know pure beauty, which is it's also music because of the music of the spheres, mm. and that we are. One of the what it what I like that that ethers are invited me to basecon, you know, to just be in those conversations. But it is fun because they're talking they're talking about sci-fi as well as fantasy, and um, Ether Czar is very interested in this this twinning of of story and um, design. He's got a Kickstarter on his own right now. You got to support that one as too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a courtroom drama. It's a little different from ours. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so all right so this is i'm back on the home page and you 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 scrolled down let's see what it, what we find when we scroll down oh look us it's the mosaic arc here we are um a mystical exploration of the electrical mosaic with rachel fulton brown and kilts calvin you guys just know that it's there on the home page um and showing you um, the places that we stream, and we've also thanks to mel and being pushed on to saying yes we need podcast all of these are also posted through our RSS site into various six different of the major podcast carriers. So we can get there and there's an episode guide, which I will not click on at the moment, but lists all of our videos on our homepage, which you can find mm -hmm. both on YouTube and on unauthorized. I, you, okay. So here's the other, it's like, I've been doing all the alignment and the, and the, the font choices, the font should be regularized now. So you don't get woozy looking at them. 
Um, but but it's also the art of the cross reference, right? <laughs> and and realize it's like if I if I send you to this page, there should be a link that takes you to that place that I am anticipating you are going to want to go. Right. And I hope I've anticipated all of these cross references and links that if you go from here, you're going to want to find that. And you go from here, you're going to find that. And it's like its own little web you recognize because I can't mm -hmm. rely on people simply reading the table of contents. <laughs> I realized what I was, I was, I was both indexing and, and making a bibliography for all the work we've been doing for the last several years, because you do need to do that to guide people through the journey that you want them to take. Yeah, uh, there are, the, the random clicking uh, has to be anticipated. I mean, you did a really good job. I, I was I was really excited to be able to show everybody how much went into just researching for the current project. Right. Because um, we've just uh, started to develop the the um, the book list or the you know like the study guide for Draco Alchemicus, um, and. Uh, it's it's a very it's a very cool thing because a lot of people ask you you know what should I read what should I read you've got millions of book lists floating around, um, but having something that was specific to the art that we're doing, because, um, you know we've we really have gone into some very old uh, old places uh, uh, to pull. Uh, lost parts of our uh like the, the the lost parts of this culture that we're inhabiting that people don't really know where they're going it's kind yeah. of like okay i'll explain it like this so if modernity is like if rachel hadn't have designed the web page <laughs> there's no cross references that i can think of that help get you through this as a kind of navigational mm. tool this was my experience of Western civilization, which is why I had to leave it. Cause it was like, this webpage is a mess. I don't know why this is here. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why I'm here. What is the language I'm speaking right now? So many nevuses are running around. No idea what Latin is. I mean, please, I need to get off the webpage. It's horrible. So we're basically doing this in this project. It's like the, uh, disalignment of uh everything becomes realigned but in order to understand that we have to go back and see how the world we live in now was mm. developed and it comes with all of these different things like uh you know political philosophies okay ideologies yes but fundamentally it emerges from artists it emerges from art, uh an artistic generation of imagination which is rachel's work and this is why it's so important for our our um our project to have this as a kind of platform for everyone to step onto we're not just advertising books now on um dragoncommonroom.com the idea is to bring everybody in to an understanding of what the drakes have been doing for the last three years which is realigning uh realigning ourselves and also realigning our language and also realigning our uh mythological understanding of western civilization together through all of these works that we're doing so chiropractory the, it's cultural chiropractic yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> the skeleton of history needs yeah. realignment yeah yeah it's like <laughs> 
with probably a spinal tap in there as well to get out some, you know, some things that we, we really don't need anymore. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the reading list and the, you know, the, the importance of the, of, of setting up the webpage to explain, uh, our archeology. Our, uh, you can you can see she made yeah. me do it no <laughs> and I don't even remember that's the funny no thing. I think well so so I realized you know that, that that our our friend our friend Jonathan Pajot has a new website and I I say our friend because I've been on his episode on his videos he asked me back like way at the beginning right he was one of the very very first people to ask mm -hmm. me to do a, a a video with him and he was he's good friends with Jordan Peterson. And I was good friends with Milo and he wanted to be like, and we, we were the sidekicks, right? <laughs> he does, he does symbology for Jordan. I do symbology for Milo. And he, he had me on his symbolic world. And there's that episode is, is out there on his, on his um, YouTube of, I, I think what he called it, like Milo and Mary, or I don't know, it would, it would, there would, there was a, there were, you know, various layers of it. And anyway, he's just done, he's just done a, a beautiful reboot of, of his um, website. And I happened to catch a live stream of his where he was talking through how they came up with the symbolism that went into the new, the new design. It's a, there's some dragons, dragon, dragons are out there in the, in the, in the world right now and doves. We were, we're kind of happy. We think we were going to like sail together eventually, right? <laughs> anyway, so I was like, he, he, I caught a live stream where he was talking to the woman who helped with the, the actual graphic design, who's very, she's worked on like so many like amazing projects for, ooh, we're, one day we're going to meet Johnny Depp. We're working on that one. Um, but she, <laughs> she probably has because one of the projects she worked on was the Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yeah, so I, 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 I want to meet her, right? Because she got to do some of the cool sets and such. Anyway, I was, you know, noodling around in his site and he put up reading lists. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have reading lists. But as Kiltz is saying, mine were scattered everywhere, <laughs> right? And in we should, I sh we should take you to the reading lists. Your reading lists needed a dove My cut. reading list, they, yes, my reading list I needed was a dove cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to make people that, woozy, that, but I'll. That I'll good. That good guano was all over the internet and needed to be collected to, in one. Spot. My 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 reading <laughs> list needed a dove cut, and I will. T I'm showing you now how to find them. Story time. Uh, 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 this is the the bar across the top has both the parent pages and the sub pages. Um, and please, you can click on the parent pages, and they will get you there. Um, but the sub pages, they're also cross-referenced. So you get back if you've only clicked on the, oh, whatever. I hope I've cross-referenced it all. Anyway, story time, parent page, study guides. Here we go. Study guides. Right. And, and the thing is, I think it, I, I'm, I'm glad all my doves are collected and, and so forth because everybody on social galactic is always asking me for more reading. Guess what guys, there's more reading. <laughs> And, and and bless your hearts you always say yeah. what one book should i read and i'm like the bible i mean <laughs> what one book you should read reading is a training it's an exercise it's a life it's it's like being vox right it's like vox sits there with his wall of books behind him on the study guides you have a picture of some of my books um they've actually expanded since i took that photograph a few years ago <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's not all of my books. Um, and it's, 
books both that I I it's my dissertation on one end and my two monographs on the other although we've done a French translation of my dissertation with updated introduction and appendices and some more bibliography and such like that so if you read French my dissertation is now available in French um, I've also published uh, over the last few years a number of other articles so the rest of the books are books in which my work appears I'm sure you now want to know where to find all of those. Uh, but what I like about she, I let me brag for you. She was quoted by like Anne Rice. Okay, this woman is goth royalty. I'm not. I'm never going to stop saying it, but she is. I really okay? was, RFB but not in the vampire book. Royalty <laughs> doesn't matter. Anne Rice gave her props so you'll have to check out a study guide yeah, i was no so I, <laughs> I have i told that story before that i was feeling sorry for myself because okay so vox vox on a recent <laughs> no, on a recent live stream vox was talking about i don't know what oh i know i said hi vox oh and he was talking about who of us is un, unauthorized right and who gets the most viewers and you guys should be watching us kilts and me because we have good content and um you know, Razor Fist, he gets a lot of viewers and Owen gets a lot of viewers and Vox gets a lot of viewers. And I'm like, and I'm in the chat going in Vox's chat going, but watch me. <laughs> but, but <laughs> in unauthorized, I'm in social galactic, I'm fencing bear. And so people in the chat were going, who's she? <laughs> well, that was, that is unfortunately one of my problems. I'm like Aragorn or Gandalf, right? I have many names depending on this the situation that i found myself in and so you know the okay there's the mini golly i've I done it again um i was feeling sorry for myself back in the day when i was saying who watches me who reads me i'm looking at my amazon rankings and i if if you're an author at some point you will have decided to go figure out who cited you right and i'm disconsolately scrolling through amazon like whether has anybody noticed my work <laughs> and i found out that ann rice had referenced my first book from judgment to passion in her book on um the jesus her jesus uh autobiography right her first person jesus narrative and i'm like well i can't really i can't really be upset anymore can i <laughs> <laughs> Darn it! Blowing my blowing no. my pity party there. <laughs> nah, you you made it to Anne Rice talks Egypt. I think that's pretty much like. <laughs> well, and it was funny because I was I was I don't think I was Just looking. I was feeling for, sorry for myself because I look, you know, people like Anne Rice get loads of readers, right? And th those of us who actually write the stuff, right, the deep, you know, detailed my goodness you guys have no idea how many books i've read probably vox has probably read more but you know whatever we've read a lot of books so when you ask us which book should i read we just we're just gonna stare at you <laughs> that's, like, that's like which meal should i eat um all of them <laughs> breakfast lunch and yeah. dinner daily i mean it's like well maybe you should fast or you know do something else for a little bit but i in 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 medieval um, metaphors for reading it's it's eating it's rumination right you chew over the words mm. that's what it's like for me you just eat the books daily mm. um and so i was feeling sorry for myself because ann rice gets a lot of readers and i was saying you know i read the books and you know and then finding out she had ref i assume read some of my book and therefore referenced me precisely because in her book in in the in the out of egypt 
she is imagining Christ's first person experience. And that is exactly what I do in my first book, From Judgment to Passion, by way of these commentaries on the Song of Songs that the monks write, imagining Christ's first person conversation with his mother, Mary, who's the bride, the bridegroom in the song. So yeah, so she read my book. <laughs> so you guys should too, because Anne Rice did. And buy more, buy more of my books so that I can, you know, change my Amazon ranking briefly. I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, uh, very happily and unashamedly gold digging <laughs> as, we're, as we're streaming. So yes, buy her books. Up the ranking. Up the ranking. They're both available in paperback. These are shown in hardcover, but they actually are available in paper. And if you read French in, 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 uh, my dissertation too. But what I like about this is it, it is actually the books that I've appeared in do give you a range of the kinds of things that I care about, right? So Mary in the Art of Prayer, From Judgment to Passion, European Transformations, the essay in that book is on the Trinity. Yes, it's on the Trinity. I actually have thought about that deeply and there's footnotes. Um, studies on Medieval Empathies, uh, which was a festschrift for a beloved um, former colleague of Chicago, although he left and somebody else came and then I came. So he's like, I'm like his granddaughter in department terms. Um, but that the, the, the paper in that book is on prayer, right? And Anselm's praying to the saints and why we need all the saints. And, you know, why would you write mm -hmm. more prayers? And so my empathy, you know, praying to the saints with Anselm is in that book. Um, Rome and religion in the medieval world. Um, uh, I'm blanking on what's in that book. What, what's in, what's in that one? I've written a lot of articles. You realize I can't remember. I'll have to go back to that. Um, that the, uh, handbook of Christian mysticism. I have an essay in there on prayer from knowledge to beatitude. That one has an essay on Hildegard of Bingen and her theology, also Trinitarian. Um, the Cambridge history of Christianity has a absolutely critical essay on Mary, um, which was the, the seed, in fact, for the book that I wrote on Mary and the Art of Prayer, showing the way in which medieval Christians pray to Mary. You will appreciate that I finished that article uh, the day after my father died. And I, yes, I did. I'm that bitch and horrible and disciplined that I was weeping as I wrote about what it meant to pray for intercession because my father had just died. You're going to read that one now, right? Um, appropriate. I was, I can't believe, so I was, I was, I had, I had not gone to see my daddy, gone to the hospital. He'd had a stroke. You know, all of you people be there when your parents die because you don't get a second chance. That's it, right? Dad died. And mm -hmm. I thought I was going to see him in a week, but I was finishing this article. So, you know, he was in the hospital and I was talking to him on the phone saying, I'm going to go, dad. No, bad lesson. I should have showed up. <clears throat> yeah, you learn real stuff if you make mistakes like being a writer. Um, History in the comic mode is a fester for my own teacher, Caroline Walker Bynum. And um, I talk there about the way she trained us to get inside the text and pay attention to their images. And if you want to understand a different perspective, listen to the text that you're reading. Uh, it's like everything I do is, 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 you know, in, um, homage to her education of really looking at the metaphors and symbols. I mean, I think I was doing that already, which is why I wanted to study with her, but she was st it's still the most brilliant of our, my colleagues at that. Um, 
Um, Studies of Medieval Renaissance History is a paper on counting and prayer and the way in which numbers come into prayer. My dad heard me give that talk uh, on campus at Rice University where we were both alumni and I'd been invited down to give it. Um, he died the next year. <laughs> your, your shelf is not just books, it's your life, right? Um, played through. Yeah. Uh, the Speculum is our um, Medieval uh, Academy journal. I'm still fr waiting for the Medieval Academy to apologize to me for a retweet. Um, but my paper in this um, uh, volume is on Anselm again and how to make better prayers, right? What, what prayers are like. And Medieval Studies here is the first article I ever published, which was on how the Song of Songs was used as a narrative for the Feast of the Assumption. If you didn't get all of that, happily, there's a study guide. Uh, that the, the first one that these are all linked now, and and they're all in their little dove cuts, right? I hadn't thought of that, right? This is one of the features of the website that I wrestled with most because Wix has these these repeating character these repeating things that don't map perfectly onto their mobile version. But anyway, they keep, look cute. Um, the top, all of these are linked to more wet, more reading lists. Right. And RFB's academic homepage links to all of my publications. Um, the ones that I've been able to put on academia.edu are there for you in PDFs. Uh, it lists to links to all of the syllabi for my courses. I have designed and taught an embarrassing number of courses at the University of Chicago, like one or two new a year. Uh, nobody does this, really. Nobody does this. I do. <laughs> so what do I do professionally? I make book lists and there's all of the ones there for my courses. You can get them on cities, on animals, on monasteries, on war, on knights and samurai. Um, the undergraduate ones are more sort of culture and, and um, well, the, 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 hopefully a little more introductory medieval England and such. The graduate ones are more focused on things like sacrament liturgy, um, uh, the Psalms, biblical exegesis, a lot, right? I, I, I literally don't remember all the courses I've designed. They're all they're, they're on the homepage. And um, along with some other things like tips for writers and little buildings, because I like building with Ankerstein. I can show you here. I'll, I'll, I'll click on it and then we'll come back. Does it work here? Oh, no, it doesn't. Maybe I need to refresh. <laughs> oh, dear. Interact. <laughs> Okay, so apparently this doesn't click out. It just stays on this page. So you guys will have to click out yourself. Okay. Um, did I pump myself up enough there? Was that was that okay? No, I think it's good. <laughs> it's good. This is what I wanted. This is why I said put your put your stuff on the website. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, it was She's all I mean, it's linked on all my social media and stuff. Guys who should have been going and looking at it already. But I do recognize this is the, an interesting feature of the internet. Although it's all out there, nobody can find yes. it. Except except for yeah. my Wikipedia page, for goodness sake, which is not accurate. <laughs> it, it, as Tucker Carlson said on his recent Twitter thing, it's like it may be factual, but it's not contextually true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that medium problem again. Yeah. You're only getting snippets, very highly curated snippets of facts that are amalgamated on those kinds of 
platforms. No context whatsoever. Well, and the frame and then, is all wrong. I mean, it's it's like the, there's a, the one article that was in the New York Times. Okay, so it started on the front page, but that was a big deal about medieval studies. And it was thanks to that article that, mm-hmm. that um, you know, I got, well, Vox invited me on other authorized. But I, th- I think also because it was clear that, you know, it was publicly sufficiently known in the medieval studies community for the particular controversy it was in. But it, I mean, it's like the con- it, literally most of that has nothing to do with my daily life. Right. My daily life is making book lists for students to learn medieval history. It's not fighting with people on the Internet about politics. Narrative problem. Yeah. There goes the, the rolling wheels of fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> the narrative, the narrative that gets created. And then suddenly you're transformed from a, um, as you've just uh, elaborated terrifyingly amazing scholar into this uh you know pest of an internet troll and ignoring that all of the work that you've done has informed the opinions and informed the reasons why you've engaged in these conversations in the first place you know having anybody insult you for using your platform in the way that you've done uh dismisses the work that you've had to do to get the platform in the first place and then i'm gonna uh, cry i I mean i I don't know exactly it's like oh you have this platform and i'm like like do you know what it took to get tenure here it was that first book that ann rice read (laughs) right it's like goth royalty i did i didn't get it because (laughs) you know i don't know i don't know what they imagine like then you abuse your platform and i did i did write about that so we've got some more super chats um Kelbear, very cool oh, site. Amazing. Thank you very much. And Werebear, cool site. Thanks guys. Thank you very much. And and hopefully, you know, visit it, dig around in it. We're not going to because of the way we talk, we're not going to get to all all the goodies in it tonight. But but <laughs> that that it was it was Kilts telling me you really it's like when when I saw that Jonathan had put a reading list on his site and we sort of went, "Oh, yeah. Why don't we have a reading list on our site?" And then I started I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Well, I have these other, I'll just, to bring them all together to show the frame that, mm. that, that we've been working in, in our poetry and that I've been working from in saying, look, we're writing for Christians. This is what it means. Like at all of these different layers. And, and, you know, obviously I, these, I made nine little tiles for this particular page. I, as I said, I've designed like 30 classes. There's, there's, book list after book list after book list on my on my homepage and if you look at my books right everybody you know die you know passes out with like how many pages of bibliography do you have oh like 50 in tiny type you know i i do take very very seriously looking for every all of the connections in the webs and and that i like it right obviously i i enjoy doing it because putting together a book list is a kind of art right it's like how do you find all of the connections and stories and associations and these belong together as a narrative lists are gorgeous she's a mo- I love lists mosaic mosaic artist of the historical narrative it's great thank you it's really cool yeah so when people are saying why are you saying this why are you being mean oh, don't use your platform like this ah. i don't know maybe someone who 
prepares 50 pages of bibliographies probably knows what she's talking about. <laughs> or I'm going to try to go find out if I, if I hear something that I haven't considered yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I, I, I end up keep writing new, new courses and new book lists because I keep thinking, wait, there's another piece. Right. And, and, and that, mm. that, you know, hopefully, I mean, one of the things that we've done is make a puzzle out of our Aurora Borealis um, finale page. And, you know, realizing that we're all, what is it like to study history? Well, you start with one little piece and you hope you find another piece that maybe is part of the same picture. And you find another, it's like all these mosaic pieces. Mosaic is a very good metaphor for my experience intellectually. You, you Maybe you make a, a little piece of it here that's really beautiful. And then you make another piece of it over here. And then, oh my gosh, they go together, right? And it's it's that joy of figuring out and then, oh wait, I've not been looking at it from the right perspective. I need to put it in a different frame. It belongs over here. Why is it, why isn't everybody, you know, just delighted at this, wait a minute, I could look at this from another perspective and the whole story shifts. And people get mad because they're like, well, that's not the way I was taught history. And I'm like, well, either the particular version of it or that process. And I'm like, it's a process. It's a joy. It's a craft. It's a beautiful art. Well, we're not, uh, we're, they're, they're not in art. This is the thing. Like, the idea of being an artist is uh, is foreign to a lot of people, and having that ability to play around with things and just play, just being playful. I mean, it's like being childlike, because mm. all children are, are are natural born artists, and they're always playing and they're always uh, discovering something and this is the element of the the culture which gets really aggressive when you find a new little um a, a new tile for for the for the for the historical narrative that you're looking at because um it's disruptive children don't mind disruption children are quite happy to have a disruption because it's a new thing and it's novel and it's anebus it's anebus <laughs> it's anebus and uh, adults are boring and like advertising and like the the comfort of knowing that the the brand is is going to stay the brand and the product is going to stay the product and and the way that we're doing things is going to stay the way that we're we're doing things. So I don't know. It's like art versus advertising. People not really seeing the difference between the two of them. And then you know how we're making a historical narrative uh, as a way of advertising our own greatness or someone else's greatness right. and you know it's like are you willing to pop that bubble and actually see truth goodness and and beauty or not you know so that's a that i like that that yes that people think of history as simply advertising i mean it's it that's been the feature in in the in my professional field for a long time now it's like it, mainly identity studies one way or the other and that's branding mm. so that's advertising Right. It's, and, and which we are trying to do now, we're trying to brand ourselves as, you know, whatever we are, um, poetry, live streams and art. Um, but that sense of, you know, you've sullied my brand, you've, you've, you've challenged the narrative that makes us the greatest. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because I wasn't working with those terms in the first place. <laughs> I was working with, you know, examples of, of good behavior and bad behavior and, you know, the problem of what's truth and, you know, 
in I taught several classes on warfare. I've taught my warfare class several times, and I've taught the course on knights and samurai, so comparative military history question. I teach, you know, the questions of the French Revolution and, and World War II regularly in my year of civ class. You have to think about all of these things. I think about history as a problem of human motivation. How mm. how do you I mean how do people give battle orations and encourage men to go murder each other? I've thought about that mm. in detail and 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 you know explored it with the students whom I teach. And so, you know, when I get in trouble for talking about what happened in the 1930s, yeah, that's because I'm trying to figure out why it happened. And in history, the major thing of why is why people did it, right? Not like why the earthquake happened or yeah. why, you know, the, well, actually, sometimes we, climate change suggests that, you know, maybe it's all people's fault in the first place, but that you're, you're trying, <laughs> you're trying to figure out why people behave the way they do. And that means looking at everything from lots of different perspectives, soul studies. You have to study human souls. Mm. Well, this is the thing. You're not a behaviorist in the sense that you're not Skinnerian. Mm. You're not looking at or like Pavlo, Pav Pavlovian cause and effect of behavior, you know, stimulus, response, stimulus, response. There is that element there. But fundamentally, you are a Catholic. You're looking at human behavior from the perspective of a Catholic, of a Christian, of an apostolic Christian, which is probably why people find what you're doing so uncomfortable because you're integrating the spiritual in the in the human narrative, and that is not so acceptable thing to do in a, in a, in in most of our daily life. We we we're inhabiting a media environment which is con constantly analyzing things with cause and effect, and yet leaving out the spiritual. Which is why Tucker got, you know, uh, he got he 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 got what he got uh, for saying um, we're you know seemingly in a spiritual war. Try praying, right? Um, we'd like to keep the borders between the religious and the spiritual away from uh, the economic, the human economy, but they can't be divorced from each other in our way of thinking so the analysis has to be integrated with the spiritual analysis or it's lacking uh proper apostolic concept of history you know with the telos with the logos and having having a designer it's just a i mean it's a foreign language to people that are not uh thinking in this way and you do uh, so of course it's going to upset everybody. <laughs> the calamity of history, you know, has a grand artist behind mm. it, you know, trying to restore this degraded, uh, universe that's fallen away from him. It's, it's a magnificent thing to think about. It's also very terrifying. I always think about 18 things when you're talking about this thing. Okay, so this, this does, no, it, it, we're, we're dealing in our art with the integration of all of these. So we've talked about the integration of the, the mm. grammar and the mathematics. Now we're talking about the integration of, of the spiritual with the historical. And yes. that it, 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 it so I, you know, we put all these, so we, we say, we, we just talked about my academic homepage, right? Um, the other ones, the other, things that I decided to put in our, I love the image of a dove cut. So they're all these little doves, right? One of them is my blog, 
which I started Fencing Bear at Prayer, which is why I'm Fencing Bear un Unauthorized or on Social Galactic. Um, and also my YouTube channel where we post these videos is Fencing Bear at Prayer because this was meant to be my how do I do the spiritual exploration in the public context, training it as a fencer, but from a, you know, uh, spiritual problem of spiritual dis discipline, right? So the Fencing Bear at Prayer was meant to be mm -hmm. the spiritual discipline in the martial practice and integrating those. And then on the blog, that's where I started writing about Milo. So I brought him into this symbol studies that I was doing. It's like, what did I see him doing in his talks all those years ago? And um, I wrote about that for like three years. And then we published that as a book, the Milo Chronicles or Milo Chronicles um, that from Fencing Bear that has then branched off to be the place where I posted the original things that we were doing for Dragon Common Room. Um, and I have a couple of the, well, the, I, I put some of the, some of the links from the blog here and then some on the next page we'll show you, but um, Dragon's Keep, which is here on this page is a reading list that I originally put together for the poetry work, but I think fits here because it's actually like tools for the tools for the um, practice of the Christian imagination. Um, I, I have a basic toolkit, mm -hmm. gemstones, which are examples of Christian poetry, keys, which are mystical treatises, flowers, actually keys are exegesis, flowers are the mystical treatises, and guides to the Christian imagination are some of the scholarship that I um, have found most uh, um, nourishing. And and so that page, the Dragon's Keep page, it's, it's poetry and art, but it's more the Christian worldview through poetry and art. And all of that, all of, to me, all of that belonged on the blog originally because Fencing Bear was training in the spiritual warfare, then saw Milo doing that as well. And literally nobody in the world except me sees him clearly. I'll just say that, right? I see him better than everybody else. <laughs> and I saw all of the way he works with symbol, the way he works performance. He's actually an incredibly good graphic designer. <laughs> brilliant crap i was like if i can if i get the website aligned correctly and choose the fonts okay maybe i'll be okay in his no i won't he, he'll he'll never see me able to do any... he, he'll he'll find the nebuses he'll, he'll still find, find the nebuses anyway so i could see him doing all of that kind of you know beauty and art and symbolism and i talked about that on the blog and then mm -hmm. this is all I think it's all one long story, right? From my scholarship through my blog to now Dragon's Keep and our dragon practice and the poetry. To me, it fits because it's this mm. integrated, as you were just saying, this integrated understanding of creation in praise of God. Mm. Which is medieval. Yes. So it's appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Well, I'm I'm thinking of uh, how uh, we're we're integrating all of these different things as we're going along. Um, I'm I'm going to explain the guano thing because I think it's funny. The dovecuts. So everybody was like, "She's obsessed with pigeons." White. Then I got some. Uh, I got teased for my pigeon obsession, but. 
They were so valuable that they had to be kept in these dovecots. Uh, as you explained to me, they, they were also eaten. I was heartbroken because I can't believe anyone would eat pigeon, but they did, and they still do. Uh, you couldn't keep them unless you had a special permission from the the authority of the country, the the the, the king of the country. And These are royal birds. Pigeon... We, we we've talked about this before. Mm. You know, this, the the pigeons infesting the cities. They're homeless. Build them some dovecots. Yeah. 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 Which is like us. I mean, people that think in a kind of medieval way don't really have a, a we don't have a dovecote to live in in the West. They've been completely destroyed. Um, so, you know, pigeons are these beautiful little uh, majestic mes messengers. You know, they're, they're messengers. They're, they, they carry letters and, uh, and everything, but they're, <laughs> but their poo is really valuable for two things which is why i kept saying it was a collection of your stuff and in the dovecote on the website but it's like all the guano which means <laughs> say it. The, the good shit because it, <laughs> it's got the capacity to be a fertilizer mm. or a um a substance which is uh used to manufacture gunpowder <laughs> So we have the so it's both, <laughs> yes, it's both fertile and explosive. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like any other technology. It's like all of human technology. We have we have these raw materials that we're able to tap into, and like, what are we willing to do with them? What are we deciding to do right. with them? Uh, you know, it's like um, are we growing or blowing things up? So this is this is the the kind of running theme that i wanted to, everyone to be able to see all of your uh resources in one place and to, to see how it's helped us and uh how the drakes are using it to create the art that we're making i mean the complexity that's going into zay nunofraga's drawings yeah. alone just from having him lingering with us as we're wrestling with each stanza it it's it is a huge labor just to bring one of these things forward there's so much that goes into one stanza of this project and he's with us the entire time in the background getting notes reading the writing getting the backstory getting the back resources that we're sending him like uh, as hand-drawn bear was during the the production of aurora burialis right. she was with us the entire time we were making a manuscript with the artist not just as this you know we've got an illustrator later that's going to illustrate the book she was a fundamental part of the writing process and it's the same thing with zay now this is something that i don't think a lot of people are doing it's, it's very unfamiliar but not only are we allowing the the artists to draw as we're writing we're also involved uh, involving them in this rumination of the content that we're going mm. through so without without all of the things that you've done and all of the resources that you're giving us and all of the things we're sharing as we're reading researching talking together constantly it wouldn't be integrated and it's I mean, I have to say it now while we're talking about the website because for a lot of people, it's like, well, we'll make a website and we'll advertise what we're doing. We're going to sell some mm. merch. There's a nice icon there. 
it'll, you know, it's thematic, so it'll just pass. What we're doing actually is completely integrating everything all at once. It is like the internet. It's like a medieval internet within the greater internet itself. And it's just so magnificent to be a part of it. Like, really, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Like, for pigeons to have been <laughs> flying around homeless in the West and Pigeon, to find this Pigeon, here's a tough cut. I, I, the thing is, I did yeah. not, I, I, you know, I did not consult you at all on this. And I was just like, you know, playing around with Wix and what kind of setup and stuff. Yeah. And I found these little boxes that I could put things in. I think I finally studied the website a little bit, the the Wix site, and figured out what they had. And and now I realize I did it right. I made little dove kits for all of my yeah. my reading lists, and that's what they needed. So um, we have yeah. um, the the medieval history unauthorized um, version. A lot of you know on unauthorized already know that website because it was linked to the videos, but it's got its own set of reading lists that I made specifically so that people who wanted some background in medieval history could go there. You know, I got involved in doing the next set of videos, the Forge of Tolkien ones. So I obviously have not told you everything I know about medieval history, but now you know where my homepage is for the academic stuff. Mm. Um, and then there's a, a, a behind the scenes, which we're going to go there next because that's the page where we're now going to start showing you some of the stuff that, um, we're working from specifically for Drake Alchemicus, but everything that I, obviously everything that's in my head, you get, you're starting to get an idea of the way we work. Everything that's in my head and everything that's in Kiltz's head and Casey's head and Mel's head <laughs> and Zay's head is potential for coming together and, and igniting. Right. And, yeah. and, and the number of times we've been, I think we've said this before, but it is, it's a glorious thing. I have no idea where the stories come from, coming from. I mean, I had the experience with Aurora Borealis. I'm very conscious of having to outline the plot and, you know, design the characters mm. and talk through everything. But, and I know because I have actually published <laughs> what it takes to, you know, keep the reader on track and where we can go and how to die. I still don't know where the stories are coming from. It's, it's, mm. a, it's a fascinating process of week as the, in tea time in our work together suggests things that I'm absolutely convinced no one of us could figure out ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, I've, 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 uh, I, I do have, I won't say I've never quite had this experience. I do have this experience in class when I set something up for the students and we're in conversation and things come up that I truly have never anticipated or, or, and I know that I've set it up and therefore they can come up. So that's important. The framing is there, but when teachers say we learn from our students, we really do because you're hoping to create a, create a space. You're hoping to create a, a garden where new things can grow that you never expected to, to mm -hmm. come out. Um, and so it's all, it's all from me in the, the background sense and none of it's from me in the sense of where it's coming from. I'm not, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of background. I'm bringing a lot of background to this exercise. <laughs> And now we have, now it's yes. all collected. Just being humble. It's, it's collected here. <laughs> um, so the bottom three um, in the dove kit are, um, I have been playing with this, making the internet a place for sharing of conversation for a while now. And it's not just my blog, mm -hmm. but I've made blogs for a number of my courses. There's one that's missing here with the animals one. Um, Cause I thought it was not quite as, 
part of this story, but maybe it is like with some of the stuff we did today with dragons. Uh, medieval Christian mythology is good if you are interested in like the big symbol system that medieval Christians mm -hmm. thought in. And it's, it's curious that there's not really one book out there that will show you where it comes from. It's this whole lived world of liturgy and um, art, um, music. And in medieval Christian mythology, I try to at least like show you a glimpse of how to think about it, to look for pieces. Um, the problem is that then modern Christianity, all of that stuff has been considered irrelevant to the doctrine. And so therefore, if mainly what you know about Christianity is modern doctrinal teaching, most of this will seem pretty strange, mm -hmm. which is why I do what I do um, in other contexts. Um, the Tolkien Medieval and Modern is the campus version of the my teaching on Tolkien. Um, Vox keeps telling me I should write a book about Tolkien, and he's probably right. Yeah. But I realize for me, Tolkien is something I teach. It's not something I, I write. Um, and it needs to be alive for me in those terms. And so I'm resistant to making a book mm -hmm. about it because it, it's the thing that keeps happening and is renewed each time I teach the course. I've now taught it. I list mm -hmm. how many times I've taught it. 2005. It's every three years. 5, 8, 11, 14, 17, 20, 23. And the students, the blog goes for four of those years. And you can see how the students are transforming it even as I, I teach pretty much the same mm -hmm. material each time. But the students create a new version of it in their commentary each time. So you can read their 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 blog posts there. And then um, Mary Mariology is, um, I've only taught this one twice. I tend, you can see, no, I, I tend not to teach my own material um, because I find it hard to actually teach my own books. Um, this one I taught before Mary and the Art of Prayer was published and uh, I got some absolutely gorgeous art projects from the students out of that one, as as well as these blog posts. So, th these are the bottom three. You can see some of my teaching on campus. Uh, the middle ones are what I've done here and on unauthorized, um, and the top ones are me and reading list. But you want to go behind the scenes now, don't you? see but here we go <laughs> i i guess okay now it's frozen i just need to refresh it oh no it went it did Buckle go behind up. the scenes okay there we go it's sometimes they they take a little while to load wix is a is a stubborn platform okay so writing and illustrating draco alchemicus how do we do it um we i i, I put up the the courting the dragon episode where we beg for money you better give us money because well, we want your we money. We want your money. We, we're, we're here gold digging. Learn to scan. Yeah. You need to learn to scan. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could learn to hyphenate. Hey, you learned to scan. <laughs> you you could not you could not do any big pentameter when I first found you. You were you were no, a wild woman. No. You were <laughs> a pigeon without a I dove. Was I was a while and I was homeless. You were a homeless pigeon. <laughs> had no, it didn't even have feet. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's been a while since we had anywhere to go. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to learn to scan. So I'll give, I'll give, I'll give the the 
the short version of what I was trying to explain to this uh, friend of mine, Coptic mm. friend, uh, she asked me you know, when she said, what are you doing? I said, well, how do I even uh, summarize this? Um, we're rehabilitating the English language. She said, oh, okay. You know, she's kind of looking nervously. I said, uh, um, we have absolutely no liturgical language as English speakers. It's gone. And everything has been uh, commercialized to the point where the advertising has been, uh, advertising and the corporate etiquette has been uh, integrated into our speech. It's degraded, it's disintegrated from liturgical life and from worship, from religion, from faith. So we are not expressing ourselves as humans through this language uh, in the way that you would be speaking Coptic. She said, okay, now I understand it. I said, so everybody that's coming here is learning English. They're learning English through written formats, but everything essentially is for vocational training. The language is just for trade. It's a trade language. Right. But it's the trade is not being influenced by faith. They've been divorced. So we're technologically incredibly advanced and yet uh, linguistically and spiritually <laughs> kind of anorexic. So she's she laughed and she said, Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then and then she told me what she did for a living. She works for a uh, some kind of military contractor doing something that she can't talk about. So <laughs> I thought that was really funny she too. Does the you know, explosive because... guano part. Exactly. She's she's in kaboom. Uh, we're we're in growth. We want the fertility of the culture, and uh, this is this is what what we're doing. So scanning essentially is learning how to feel the rhythm of the language and. Um, articulate meaning from what we're saying and what we're writing and that goes deeper than just the etymology of a particular word it's it's back to what we're doing with the website trying to integrate racial scholarship with the with the art and everything the medieval world integrated everything everything was everything else mm -hmm. this is like internet thinking it's very natural for our people now when we have the internet because we're suddenly doing this already and oh, that's so weird. Your face just got really pixelated as I was saying this. <laughs> you just, just want to translate it into I can't, pixels. I'm not seeing it. Whoa. Rebear Steel says thanks for the stream. Thank you. Um, is she pixelated, guys? I, that's weird. Can no, you see this, this is, or is it just coming through on Skype? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, right now, all I can see on my screen is the, the window for showing you the website. Your face was in pixels. It was fully pixelated. Okay, so <laughs> in any case, this kind of thing happens all the time while we're writing. Oh man, <laughs> every time, every time. So it's the Nevis okay, effect. Learning to scan. <laughs> it's the Nevis, the Nevis effect. <laughs> learning to scan is learning to see the pixels of your language. It's working with the pixels of your language. See there, it, it just happened. <laughs> Pigeon world. So. We're dealing with guano, and at the moment, um, no one's paying attention to the pixels. The alignment is out. Mm. Everyone is uh, completely out of alignment, disintegrated, chaotic, 
And uh, yeah, so that's why you need to learn to scan. <laughs> Poetry is the only way of dealing with the design of your tongue, of your mother tongue. Um, and for, you know, uh, colonial wretches like myself who have not been uh, grown in the in the culture of Latin or Greek. Well, I mean, I cheated there a little bit, but um, still we get nothing in terms of the, the, the root of, of, of Western thought in the colonies. Mm. We don't even know what pickle, pixels are. So that's what we're doing. Hopefully I like no. So we've got we've got a little good a lot yeah. of good anchors here, and this is so we say this is the way the poetry is working. It's like you get you create stories which give you anchors, and think of just mm. all of the we've created. This is one we're showing we're behind the scenes now. We're showing you our process. We were always showing you our process, but we didn't realize that you were that's what we were doing. That that we're finding the metaphors and the images that anchor us in the story, and that we can see our my little my little. Um, you know, the use of the website to do the little tile things is like a home space for each of those. And the I like the the idea yeah. of the, the pixels and they, the scanning, learning to scan is aligning our language so that you can see beauty. That's yeah, well, amazing. That's the mosaic. The I mean, mosaic, it's the mosaic yeah. of the yeah, mother yeah, tongue. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so Casey says the internet we're, pixies are pixelating Rachel. <laughs> it it looks so weird, guys. Like I can't believe it. if you could if you couldn't see this, us. So the internet is a freaky thing. Okay, well, Casey, Casey says English itself is a pixelated language, having been cobbled together from five or six. Yes, English is itself a mosaic. I have I have a book that I want mm -hmm. to I want to read one day on different English words that is like a history of English through various words. And it's like, I keep meaning to bring that to us because they say, how do we talk in this language that is itself the pixelated mosaic? That's, that's a great image. That's really, that's really cool. Okay. So here we have on this site in the little, the little dove cut, um, cubbies, um, uh, Drake's assemble is the page on the blog where I put all of the, I have pages on on Fincy Barrett Prayer that are basically a table of contents of uh, posts that are under the that theme. But after I stopped writing about Milo and I I, I gave up, I was like, I'm I'm not fighting old battles now, right? I I, I wrote about Milo until 2020. Um, I wrote about my adventures in academia and the sort of battles that I had there for a while. Um, I did the logo lady in the logos. I, those, those pages have, you know, links on them, but since then I've been become more integrated and everything's going into dragon common room. And this Drake's a symbol link is to that page. And if you go there, you get backstory of what we, where we came from as a dragon common room. And also, um, various um, posts that are practice stanzas, Casey and Mel, and we 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 did a whole set on Milo Electric, right? Remember those? Those were fun. Um, mm -hmm. So you know we've done, we've posted some of our occasional practice poems, um, some of my more recent meditations on Empire and Sugar and and things like that. And I'm happy to say yes that I've I've become I okay. And I just had a thought then that I will share with you in a second that I've become more integrated 
here. The thought I just had is this is this is totally like Doris Lessing's Golden Notebook, which was one of my favorite books when I first when I read it. I don't know whether I'd like it now because I'm not sure whether but she's the character in that is keeping all these different notebooks because they're all different parts of her like life story when she's a Marxist, when she's this, when she's that. And the Golden Notebook is the one that finally integrates herself. So the Dragon Common Room has my become my yeah. golden notebook, which is a kind of I'll cry now, like a weepy a weepy <laughs> feel of the integration of all of these threads and stories. And on the blog, that's the most of our work has been a mosaic arc and in the poem this last year. So there are not so many new posts, mm -hmm. but it's all there, right? So for the history's sake, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, take the Drake pill is a link to another reading list. Um, it's the what to read list on the blog, which has been transformed and, you know, uh, presented in other fashions. Milo drew on it for some of his, his suggested reading and such. Um, for me, mm -hmm. it was, it's a funny list because it was things I found useful at the time. And people will say, well, why do you have a Jonah Goldberg there on the list? It's like, well, it was part of the journey, right? You, you, you never know which books are going to be the thing that points you in the right direction and maybe at the time that was mm -hmm. the best book you yes. had and then you go you keep traveling right it's it, there's no one magic book the bible um even reading the bible is a recurrence right it's it's you come back to it you come back mm -hmm. to it you come back to it so the take the drake pill is me pilled on a lot of different topics christianity american history um econ, econ politics writing things like that um and then tea time is, um, I think that's a specific post to talk about why iambic pentameter. And um, we as a team now, we, we're not writing publicly so much right now because it's actually gotten pretty intense and we need to concentrate and not be ask, answering questions yeah. <laughs> from people who are new to this situation. It's like, no, it, it takes intense concentration um, every weekday for an hour to make the magic happen. And in that sense, what I did was set up the the practice in the monastic style that I suggest to my students of how do you get over writer's block? You do a little bit every day in regular sessions. Mm -hmm. And so our tea time is our regular session of practice together. And that's where it all comes from. If you wanna say, how do you do it? Mm -hmm we meet regularly and, 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 and keep to discipline. So it's that our monastic practice. Mm. So shit, it works. It, it does work. It, it's, and it's you a, find Neba, Nebi, the, yeah. the, the plural of Nebus is. <laughs> you, Don't they, make me do Latin plurals, please. They, they kept, well, Nebus, so, so Draco Draconis, <laughs> the plural Dracones, because it's a third declension. And Draconibus is therefore the ablative or dative plural. But Nebus by itself could be second declension or could be fourth declension. It sounds like a fourth declension, so it's plural be Nebus. There you go. Okay. So, so would you like to see Ooh. how we do it through one set of pictures, which I put here. Um, yeah. uh, Zay gave us permission to show some of his draft stuff because... He's great and he's brilliant. And and when Kiltz was talking about yeah. the way we work with him, you, you, we can't, we'll just like force him into monastic retirement if we praise him as much as we want to. <laughs> he's terrible. I don't want him to go to the monastery. So I just say like he's awful. And <laughs> mm. Shh. 
it's no, a I secret. Can't. It's that a secret. A anyway, he's we've we've talked through his two the Gerizim demoniac and his Gethsemane meditation, the the um, John Henry Newman. But these are this is showing you the process. It, it, it we can show you it. It, it happens in the same way in our poetry writing that the images come to us and the structure happens. But obviously we we want to illustrate the poem because certain things can happen visually that can't happen verbally and vice versa. And what happened in the in the course of figuring out how to illustrate this part of the scene is a great demonstration of this um, dynamic. And for me mm -hmm. is another um, demonstration of why monastic training is it matters so much this kind of integration yeah. of image with text is you know the most beautiful manuscripts that we have from the middle ages the early middle ages obviously are monastic and they're they're thinking in this diagrammatic way about knowledge and, and spiritual truth and it just zay mm -hmm. is somehow able to tap into that with us and it's it's magnificent so we will t t yeah it's go ahead oh i was gonna say like uh i i think this is the the thing when when uh people doing illustrated books and then they give it to the illustrator afterwards the illustrator is kind of operating like a hermit mm. you know they're not really involved in the writing process they're kind of oh, out on the side in the, <laughs> the wilderness doing their own thing and then you green light the illustrations yes or no blah, 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 blah. But this is completely different. We're singing every day together, mm. and he—he's a part of the—he's a part of the the chorus. It's really—it's mind blowing how he can translate what we're doing, the 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 pixels of the language and the storytelling, and suddenly, boom, there's this beautiful image. Just, it's fantastic. But I think some yeah. of it. So some of it is we're we're not very practiced when we had hand drawn bear just giving us pictures and we were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I mean that she, she, she actually wrote stanzas with us too. So some of, and she's gone on to write yeah. some of her own poems, her donkey books, right. Are beautiful and magnificent. If you have little kids, you must get her donkey mm -hmm. books because they are absolutely exquisite theologically and visually. Um, but she, she, she made it easy for us because she understood things that we weren't even asking. Whereas, Zay is, he, I mean, he, he is, he is practiced with other writers, but he wants to make sure he's doing what we want. And so he'll show us something and say, is this what you said? And we're like, oh no. And we didn't think that through. This needs more detail. Um, and, and this, this yeah. series of sketches and drawings is an example of, of that process for us. And also how the symbolism is emerging from the, the interaction of, we need the drawing. We need mm. the meaning. Is this going to evoke it for us? Oh yes, I need that. Okay, so in this scene, and I'll, this hopefully this will work. There we go. Okay, so this is his his storyboard for Act One, the casino. I think it's scene two, or anyway, it's it's the first major encounter with the characters after our little opening mystical situation that we're now in the casino. And um, there's a couple at a table um, placing bets on the horse races, and you can see you can uh, see yeah. in the in the storyboard the seven oh. pictures that are going to be part of the illustration, and he's just sketched them out so we can say, okay, are these the 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 structures of the scenes that you need? Okay, 
And then we have this, the focus on the sketch of the one to bat, right? And it's the, the they're newlyweds, it's a couple of the newlyweds. And the the husband is thinking in one one fashion, as it were, and the wife is thinking another. And the husband is thinking sort of, we said in like st statistics and equations, he's thinking mathematically, he's gonna be, study the the race sheets and say exactly mm -hmm. you know make judgments on the basis of the numbers right whereas she is of course going to come along and say woo 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 <laughs> you know i like the color of the the jockey's silks and this one's name suggests something to me she's thinking very poetically right so the 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 the, 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 the um twinning is the arts right it's the the mathematical arts and the and the poetic arts the verbal arts and the two of them are are mm -hmm. I mean, ideally they should work together, which because this is a story maybe, or may may or may not work. But <laughs> at this point, they're actually working together. So he's thinking mathematically and mm -hmm. she's thinking verbally. Um, and now Zay is, he's building the sketch up and he, you know, he's got the characters. We give, we give him source material to say, we want the characters to look basically like this. Uh, the source material for this was a picture of Elizabeth Taylor and her second husband. I, I, I don't remember, right? <laughs> I love how we have to think about that. I don't know. That. It's not Richard Burton. It's one of the other, it's one of her earlier ones. So we don't, I don't remember his name. <clears throat> um, Casey probably does if she's, still, if she's still, still commenting. Anyway, so he's filling it in. They're, they're becoming characters now, but we still don't know exactly how they're thinking of the problem, mm -hmm. right? And then we get, he's starting to put the colors in. And I remember when he showed this one to me and he says, okay, notes and, you know, he's got sort of mathematical equation-y thingies above his head and she's got squiggles. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not specific enough for my monastic mm -hmm. sense of symbolism. We need to go in deeper here. Mm -hmm. Notes and squiggles are not going to be enough. We need him thinking a particular equation and her thinking in, in some kind of very like um specific profound symbol cosmic way. yeah profound cosmic mm. cosmic way and then um i honestly don't remember how we how we got oh well actually some of it is the the, the images have to refer to other parts of the symbol system in the story and one of the things that we have mm. is the system of the 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 planets because it's it's in the the roof of a fountain that we put at the beginning of the story, which is the the sort of ornamental fountain that they go into the casino, and it's like representing the world. So we had, I think we put the I think we put the planets at the top just because it was like the sky, right? And then there's the earth, and yeah, it was like an aesthetic an choice aesthetic in the choice. beginning. It was like, like, yeah, yeah we need planets up there, up there, right? That'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and that has been Wrong. the feature. It's sometimes sometimes the deep super duper symbolism stuff comes simply because we said, yeah, that's right. And then later we're like, yeah. no, that's yeah. really right. That's the exact right thing. Oh my gosh, that has like layers that we never, we never actually in, intended, but clearly we did, but we didn't. You know, the, the 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 joy of the writing process is finding how these things come together. The mosaic is building itself. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. the notes and squiggles. He's thinking in note, and I said, no, no, no. He needs he needs a specific equation, and she needs to be thinking something specifically astrological right because she's doing and of course therefore we have the planetary configuration for march 18th ad 816 <laughs> 
from the manuscript in Leiden, Universitets Bibliothèque, manuscript Vos Latin Q79, folio 93V, drawn between AD 830 and 840, showing, according to Bede in his De Temporis Rationibe, the anniversary of the creation. Got all that? <laughs> this is what's like living inside my head. And if I say that suddenly suggests to me this whole cascade of references, don't start calling me names and assume that I you can reduce me to some kind of stupid little stereotype, please. <laughs> mm. I wonder who I'm referring to there. I, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> We won't mention the war. <gasps> right? Okay, so she needs to be thinking astrologically. I know this image. There's a book over there that I'm going to reach for because then I'll spill my wine. From Christopher de Hamel's marvelous book on meeting with remarkable manuscripts where he's talking about this Carolingian manuscript, which is a copy of a late Roman manuscript, which is the Constellations. But this image is... Um, drawn specifically in the ninth century to go with this planetary uh this sorry this astrological book it's redrawn later in the 17th century in the same book that we took the picture from to be in the top of the fountain and is used by grotius i can't remember it's it but what's fascinating about it is like the planets are so precisely situated in a geocentric design with the zodiac that more recent scholars have figured out what date it's supposed to be. And according to Bede and his calculation of the, you know, the reason of time, it should be the day, the, the configuration of the planets on the day of creation. So we said, absolutely, that has to be what she's thinking, of what she's yeah. figuring out, yeah. out of her, her astrological form. But we did we needed it to be some a little bit more diagrammatic and i found out there on the internet because the internet has everything once you know how to search a schema of it and i drew it out for zay saying these are the symbols right and he took that and rendered this image this is the complete image of the couple now i i uh nikki hilton is is the the husband that we're modeling it now class i have shown this to students on campus and if you are properly educated, you'll know what the man is thinking. Oh, don't ask me. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, we've, got, we've got people watching and unauthorized. Anybody, anybody, class, Bueller, right? Well, if she's thinking in terms of this planetary sigil that according to Bede would be the configuration of the planets in the zodiac on the day of creation, he, of course, thinking in mathematical terms, has to be thinking Kepler's third law of planetary motion. See how easy that was? <laughs> so he's... Measurement. It, but he's, he's actually think he's got the equation form that she's thinking, which is the movement of the planets, although she's still thinking in a Ptolemaic universe. I think, did Kepler have the the heliocentric universe or not? Is that Copernicus? I don't remember. Anyway, um, that how we're describing the the meaning of these movements mm. right and so he's thinking in kepler's third law and she's thinking in terms of this ancient symbolic reference which should be scientifically pointing to the the day of creation which is symbolically meaningful because of time mm. science versus mysticism 
but mysticism is science and science is mystical right so it's still at this point they're still in harmony and 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 the the dichotomy is to try to show the tension but also the the joy right she's she's delighted that she's seen mm-hmm. the sigil okay so i then look at that sigil and i'm going this it's a this is our design now it's like anticipates the entire scope of what we're trying to show in our story which is as we say now on our webpage, the subcreation, sub subcreating, sub what what do I call it? Subcreating archaism of the electric mosaic. In yeah. time, and design, and music, and beauty, so the sigil emerges, right? But of course, we have this dragon guy, uh, this dragon character who's going to seduce people and corrupt them, and therefore kilts through this one. <laughs> <laughs> are you showing them the one on the sandwich yep. bag this this is oh my this god is, this is also part of our process right and it's like saying okay now zay we need you to draw something that shows eliza and the dragon this is tempting that- people into this planetary system and therefore kilt it on a napkin yeah i was like i was making a sandwich as i do I make a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> so I thought, According right, to the I'm sandwich press, out, yeah, this, this, is your, this is your medium. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yep. There's the kernel of it. <laughs> but the, 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 there's a, so Eliza funny. has several distinctive features, one of which is her bosom. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Which... I was trying to show to one of one of my neighbors who's a little younger than maybe I should have been showing these pictures to, and I'm like, oh no, this is not for children. Do not buy this book for your children. Buy no, Aurora Berry Alice really for your not. children. And this one's this one this one takes us to sin at a different level. The Aurora Berry Alice is just bullies. Right? Yeah. This is the actual temptation into well, and then okay, so Zay understands he keeps drawing these things and we say, okay, we need it to be look, you know. You know, um, this is looking into the beam now. And this is his first sketch of the dragon. And again, he comes up with this stuff. We say, yeah, he has to go. They have to go into the spiral. And so he's like, shoo, whoosh, right? So here she is tempting, <laughs> tempting you into, into the internet of the, of the dragon and the dragon swirling around it, right? And it's like, okay, so, and this is, the, he's Draco Alchemicus. He's the, the dragon of addiction, which is the addiction of all of our attentions, the internet and drugs and it's all about spices it's dune with dragons okay um so the first thing that zay does is of course make it green (laughs) oh no that's because we don't want you to know that you're in a horror story yet we want you to still think that the dragon is very beautiful so he is blue right and um one this is showing you the enormous and gorgeous versatility of Zay's um, drawings and also what it takes to figure out what it is we're talking about, right? That, that, that there's a symbol mm-hmm. level here in the colors and the design and the structure of the images. Um, and that this is what we need your help on for the Kickstarter, <laughs> uh, which it's yes. to fund the art, right? Because we've written the poem that that's, that's our practice and our, and our meditation and our prayer. But um, Zay is doing. He's he's a he's he's a fully professional comic artist, and we, um, as Christians, feel that we should reimburse him appropriately for his um, mm-hmm. practice. So please help us with our Kickstarter. 
Yeah. Casey says, Zay, well, you are a genius. Yes, we're gonna keep saying this is this is the this is the stream where we talk about how cool the work is that we're doing. Yeah. Um he took a sandwich bag doodle with the ballpoint pen and turned it into something. <laughs> uh multi-dimensional. I mean it's it's so wonderful to be a part of the just observing it, but I mean, we're in conversation with mm. him, you know, I mean, but we need him to keep making these drawings because it's a, it's a conversation. It's a back and right. forth. He will produce something. Then we can figure out what we're trying to say. Um, like with the sandwich picture, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's with everything, you know, we're, we're tweaking colors. We're doing um, different designs for different kinds of, psychedelic experiences that the characters are having while they're in the casino and you know um looking at the costumes that they're wearing i mean it's we're, we've kind of turned this into a full production of world building like we were going to create a film in many mm -hmm. ways you know it's like we have style choices we have period choices rachel's understanding of manuscript and understanding of the symbology you know medieval symbolism is so important to what what's happening because we wouldn't have all of these resources if we were just clicking around looking for different symbols you know so we've got like we've got zay working as an artist while we're digging around for like uh design archaeology you know to to give to give him all of this kind of stuff but at the same time we it it it's not going to look just uh, like a reproduction of something that's already been done. We're remixing everything, transforming everything. The the entire process of Draco Alchemicus is, is alchemical. Mm -hmm. Everything we're doing is alchemical. So we really do need money <laughs> to give it to <laughs> Trans transform, <laughs> transform your money into our art. And and yeah, and, exactly. and 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 so, no, that's what you're saying. It's like yes, I am obviously I chose this image to be the sigil because of its significance. Yeah. It's sigil. It's a it's it's yeah. meaningful on the multiple layers that when I said you know we showed you my books right when I when I wrote the 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 the, the book that Anne Rice used, I'm talking about the way monastic commentators use the song of songs which is a love poem which is also obviously going to inform our draco alchemicus right it's a love song um that they're talking i'm talking about the way medieval commentators used it as a history to talk about the soul to talk about the beauty of heaven to talk about the music of creation all of these things and tolkien Tolkien thought in all of these layers. That's what I do in my classes with the students. We're talking about rocks and trees and monsters and, and you know, mm -hmm. well, birds is what we're talking about in Draco Chemicus. That learning to think like a medieval Christian means thinking in the, the sort of glorious harmony of all of the creatures in praise of God, which is why, if you're wondering, mm -hmm. we're dragon common room because the dragons sing to God too. The dragons sing in praise of the creator. Mm. Praise the Lord, yeah. all ye, all ye creatures, all ye dragons. I forgot what it is. I can't now. I'm nervous and I can't remember. <laughs> it's, it's all the dragons are singing from the from the deep, and that praise ye the Lord, all ye dragons and de ye deeps. Psalm one forty eight seven. That's why we're dragon common room because we are singing in praise of 
our creator. Mm. Yes. Together, not in isolation. Right, as a, as, as a chorus and with the art and the music. Yeah. And so Kilt, Kilts wrote the music that we play in our streams, the, the opening and closing. So I get to brag about her. <laughs> and if you listen to, if you go to our Kickstarter, actually, I'm hoping I can play with the Kickstarter here. Let me see. I can change, change. Um... There, the Kickstarter will be live uh, the 22nd, we hope. Um, but we can show you a preview. which you will recognize now, that very same image that we just talked you through to say where that Sigil and Eliza came from. Um, the musician for this um, video was Moira Grayland, who those of you on Unauthorized will know is the author of The Last Closet. Um, we are very grateful to her for her um, beautiful work in our trailer. I could listen to that over and over again. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, you guys persuaded yet? <laughs> maybe, may, maybe, maybe they need a little more tempting, <laughs> right? Because that's what Eliza does. She tempts, she tempts, she tempts that poor couple into. It's like I should go back to the forthcoming. Here we go. She uses all of her assets. She definitely Eliza does. does. <laughs> she's 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 got assets here. <laughs> Eliza get, has got assets. But we, however, have in our our um, Kickstarter, which will launch on uh, May twenty second. We hope it's some very mm. cool reward tiers. Um, the books, obviously, in digital or hardback. Um, uh, at at a next level, a, a print. Um, I, I think particularly we're definitely going to have a print of the couple with the calculations and the sickle because it's just so 
iconic. Well, actually, all of the images that Zay does are iconic, but yeah. <laughs> that one is iconic yeah. of the dynamic that we are we are trying to show. Um, then at, at at top levels, we have things like um, talking with Zay and casting yourself into one of our crowd scenes, although there are not that very many of them, so those are actually pretty um, exclusive and special donor portraits. Uh, and and pretty high t high level tiers. If you pay, if you pay us the most money, you'll get to be in all five books. <laughs> um, at a kind of mid level tier, because we will accept two people for one of these episodes. But since you know you know Kilt and I only really like talking to each other, and you guys listen. However, <laughs> <laughs> those who would like to come on the Mosaic Arc and explore themes with us may may help support the the artwork and such. However, we recognize we recognize that maybe those tiers are going to be out of most people's reach. So we have a middle range of tiers where you get decks of cards. And of course, because because we are a full you know, not not just not, I don't know, full service, full um monastery <laughs> layers of art. Zay has drawn court facing court cards, face cards for this deck of cards. Um I'm showing here on the website the Dramatis Personae of um, Damien Stone, our main character, and Eliza in her various... They, 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 it's, it's kind of a time travel story, so they mm -hmm. have to change costumes in the different acts. The um, casino act is in the more modern period, and then Act 2, which we're working on now, thus the Nibi, mm -hmm. uh, is in a Elizabethan setting, so we go back in time. Um, so we have Damien and Eliza, and then our guardian angel, who has roles and purposes that we have yet to discover and our dove which you'll recognize we are big into pigeons here and these these um cards will be um in two different decks and because we have timed everything perfectly oh no we haven't because you know all of it's coming together without me actually controlling it i have here in my hands the proofs <laughs> can you see them Yay! yes they're, they're yeah. absolutely so it's it's poker sized cards because we figure they're in a casino right and you can see them we designed our mm -hmm. own pips because you will know from yeah. episode i think it was 13 of the mosaic arc i do tarot readings at least i know how to do them and we recognize that if we were going to do a symbolically significant deck um let me see which pip the the pips themselves should be uh symbolic of our different acts so wait i should just do it this way no it's it, it needs a lot of sheets of proofs to uh, do it so here we have okay. okay so the elizabethan period um the the uh pip sign is a dagger right because those are spades and daggers are spades are air signs so that's the dagger sign and you can see i'm not sure whether i'm holding it to the camera because i'm you know, i should it's a bit fuzzy it's it looks fuzzy from well, it's going to be fun. You can't see them completely if you don't get, if you don't, these are only exclusively available through the Kickstarter re reward tiers, right? You know what you're doing? What? You're pip-teasing. pip-teasing. <laughs> Sorry, I can't so we have, we have the, the. You can't see them, but you will see them if you support our Kickstarter at the right levels. The, uh, the, dra the daggers, we designed a special rose for the hearts. That's the... Um, uh okay i've got these out of order 
well, okay, they're fu it's a full deck, all right? The hearts are, are uh, Commedia dell'arte characters. Um, they're going to show up in Act 4. Um, the, uh, the steampunk characters, those show up in Act 3. So we have this all planned out, even if we're still hoping for inspiration at, at various levels. And then uh, yep. the um, vine, the vine ones; those are the ones that are in the first act, right? The the characters of the the modern casino. And because we know that you guys expect full symbolic referentiality throughout all of our our stories, the backs are different. Um, I think actually you have to, we will, we will leave it to you to explore the website sufficiently to find the pictures <laughs> these go with. Um, yeah. The backs are either uh, the brazen serpent, whom you will know from the trailer that I just showed you, or the alchemical dragon. See? It's kind of, it's really exciting having these in proof. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how cool they're going to be in cards, and th they'll have they'll have their proper uh, sigil embossed boxes and and everything, and you get those at the um, very generous reward tiers that you will help us most on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the high rollers that'll be gambling with those. Yes, cards. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure we can do magic. I'm sure they they're good for doing magic tricks and. And all, all sorts mm -hmm. of manipulations. And, of course, I think... So the reason we did du double decks is um, they, they are poker-sized, but they're, they're, kind of they're, they're kind of hybrid cards because we're, the boxes are going to be more like bridge decks, although they're poker-sized. Um, my, my grandmother always had these double decks of bridge cards because they... Um, I guess they're bridge games that you need two decks for. I don't know. But the reason I wanted two decks is my favorite card game of all time is... Um, it's called Rummy Fun or Rubby Cub. It was a tile game that one of my friends from school and I played a lot, which is rummy, but you lay down, as you get sets, you lay them down on the table in front of you. And the the gameplay is once you've laid down a certain opening hand, you can rearrange and add to and multi you know, it, it's, it's a very dynamic set game, which is clearly my life. <laughs> <laughs> of sh of yep. showing you all of the different ways all of the sets can come together and recombine and and yes oh Reber says says no music no sound oh they couldn't hear the music okay well you saw oh, well no. the 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 trailer you'll have to go to the website have to go. I will show you okay yeah, look I will show you where where on the website it is so those of you who have watched today tonight can hear it go to the home i wonder if, if i play it now will it play let's see <clears throat> i i can't hear it anyway she, I yeah hear she it can't hear it head. anyway i'm playing green screen games while you're all again i know isn't isn't she experience. isn't she good that she can figure out um if you touch on the dove you'll get the music Mel could okay. So clearly, you guys couldn't hear either my beautiful reading or Moira's music. Casey was saying Moira rocks, so I thought you could hear it. Work in progress. <laughs> anyway, the the trailer is I I I could try. Everybody hanging out here, 
You want to try for the sound now? I think maybe I needed to set up something different in the, in the, um, I, my OBS does not extend to figuring out how to play the sound off these these videos. I think it's because I don't have sound set up in the video. Oh well, you'll have to click on the dove and you'll get the full experience. Yeah. Which is pretty much the medieval way. <laughs> yeah. Click on the dove you and it, you'll get the full experience. You want experience. the full experience, you gotta enter Pigeon World. <laughs> This is see see how meta everything gets whenever we do anything. If you want the full experience, you have to go to the website, click on the dove, and join us yeah. in, in 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 pigeon world. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our that's our demonstration. Shall we show them? Oh no! So I now that I know I can't make the the music work, I won't do some certain things. But there there are more pages on the website. Um, we'll click through them. There's the about us which praise the lord from the on the earth ye dragons and all ye deeps um hand-drawn bear special to show us and her there is a bear um writing our poems and there's um descriptions of each of our team members and other work that we do links to our various activities i've i've embedded in variety of places because it's all about me um <laughs> Uh, me reading uh, uh, a lecture I did at St. John Cantius on storytelling and a little interview I did with the University of Chicago about my teaching and my work as a, a historian, right? Okay. And and what Kiltz was saying is I've got these all linked down at the bottom now so that you can, you don't have to go all the way back at the top. The Mosaic Arc page takes you to the full episode guide. Um this is where all of these go once we finish recording. Uh, I if her Wikipedia page is like a um, a diet coke, this is like a full wine cellar of her actual magnificent career. So yeah, come come visit the web page. Go, go get the wine. <laughs> the, this is the full fat version. Okay, S story yeah. time um, is. Uh, mainly about it's about Aurora Borealis and has videos there on me reading Act One for the kids. Um, Hand Drawn Bear did some lovely videos on her artwork and her process, how to draw Ulfi and his gang. So bears draw bears, um, and uh, the Sky Clock. See, that's if I, I now that I know this doesn't actually make music. You should go and click on Sky Clock, and hear more of Kiltz's music and watch us put the puzzle together. That was me and, and one of my, my brother. Um, we've shown you the study guides, coloring pages too. We have coloring pages for um, Aurora Borealis. If you click on these, you get the PDF that you can then print out and go through all the symbols with the bears um, and shop. Buy our books. Here we go. Aurora Borealis and Centrism Games, which we haven't really talked about. Um, there's there's mm -hmm. there's posts on the blog about the Dunciad 2020, which was the backstory for what we were doing in Centrism Games. Um, 
uh, I also did a post last summer right after Dodds v. Jackson was decided um, because the episode that I wrote for Centrism Games is specifically about a woman who um, performs that satanic ritual um, having had an abortion. Um, Kiltz's episode is not to be missed. <laughs> the Rainbow Boys. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we have a special page of merch, which is my uh realize as as kilt was saying when we do things in dragon common room we integrate everything right so we're not just we we may actually put the sickle on a shirt because it's cool and it would work well on a shirt but when i was thinking about these these merch options which are more just for you know it's like the pigeon right we've shown you the pigeon before the 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 light held pigeon of the the paperweight right this is a, a, a pigeon of light right it's it's a it's a glass i guess semisphere with our pigeon light in it well i made some posters these posters are stand-ups more like boxes and they print very nicely i use them at basecon um here's the you can get the pigeon paperweight and then the, the but the puzzle right you want this puzzle it's a full poster sized color puzzle of the finale scene in Aurora Borealis, and if you click on Sky Clock, you can watch the revelation. And then, of course, because we're McLuhanites here, the electric light is pure information, and the city in which Draco Chemicus takes place is a city of lights. Therefore, there's a lamp. <laughs> See what I did there? It, it, it always works. It always works. Um, Okay, and then um, we do have a contact page. If you'd like to email us, do so at books at dragoncommonroom.com and um, our various social media platforms. Some of them are more active than others, but we promise to get more active on all of them. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> we will. Um, I, there'll be some things coming out on Gab soon. Um, so please, if you're on Gab, Follow Dragon Common Room on Gab. If you're not on Gab, you should already be on Gab. Um, Especially because Kilts is already, here we go, Deep Magic from the Dawn of Empire, which um, we talked about last summer, but is published on Gab, the Vindy Machine people. So we are, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And we also, uh, the professor and I co-authored an article about... Uh, what were we writing about again? Aurora Berealis. We were, yes, that yeah. one's on. Th yeah, that, we did. <laughs> that one I put on story time. So yeah, yeah, but that went up on Gab too. So uh, yeah, if you're if you're not on Gab, get on Gab and then follow Dragon Common Room on Gab because pretty soon there's going to be a bunch of stuff on Gab regarding the project right. and then updates to the Kickstarter and all of anything else that you need. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> the mosaic arc knows no well so i that th th we sail around in our arc and and hope the dove lands on something <laughs> mm -hmm. and and that you can hear her when she talks that that, that that's I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry everybody listening right now who couldn't hear the the um trailer but i'll take you back go to the front page and look for are you ready to fly into the rainbow with the pigeons and rave and you will hear moira's music um Mm. and my reading of the these stanzas that are on the the front page which is the um 
blurb version <laughs> of the of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to play with. Where we we really are we're building a multimedia mosaic and it's just gonna keep building and building and building and building and cross referencing and reintegrating with itself. <laughs> uh yeah. So the part of the project is becoming self-referential and having a proficiency in sim symbolic thinking and joining that way of um, seeing the world, also that way of hearing the world because everything is integrated and, and being able to join uh, into the draconic uh, intra-referential experience of the medieval Christian world. Yeah. We've got to come up with a slogan. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> um, that'll be the next task. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, so we're, we're working on our welcome. branding here, right? Our heraldry. Yeah. We've got our sigil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, we do have, we do, we do have, I mean, it's like, once you're here, you're already in it. Right. But we do have the, um, phrase that we use at the end of each video that Mel does when she does the clips for us so that you have a, a taster of what we are here. I'm pretty sure she puts it on all the videos. We should join the stream. Join the stream. Join the stream. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, we can stop now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Join the stream. Thank you for joining us. Please support our Kickstarter so that we can continue to make beautiful art in the um, medieval monastic integrative mosaic of the Dragon Common Room. Good night. Mm -hmm.